0: most of you know theater is like problem solving yeah solve the problem don't go out there with nothing just do your best and yeah believe yeah. i mean i think the way most people like i don't know i have no connection to entertainment i i have no i don't come from money i don't come from anything i just know i'm talented and like what what's the only thing in your arsenal it's believe
1: Everyone, welcome to Comedy Girl Crush podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Irvin,
2: and our guest today is um, she's amazing. It's Eve Esquire. Oh,
1: so excited, so excited. But before we uh, sit down with Eve and have a little conversation, Nikki, how you been? pretty good today's a
2: big day Ooh! today is a very big day today is pop culture (gasps) yeah Yeah. um today is uh we're we're doing pop cultured um it's our second live show at flappers i hope we have a good crowd uh if we don't it's okay the tickets are expensive. <laughs> uh, the regular tickets are twenty five dollars, so uh, yeah. also is- it's not cheap. It is not cheap, but it's a great it's a great venue. food is pretty good. It's good. The yeah. cookies are delicious. The
1: drinks are good, too, yeah, good yeah. drinks. And good drinks. Don't fuck around, yeah. Uh,
2: margarita make- in a pint glass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous about tonight. The show tonight. Oh yeah, okay. I'm a little nervous about it because um, uh, this this show, uh, uh in reviewing, <laughs> in reviewing the tape, um, reviewing the game footage, um, we decided oh at top that I should do a little, a little, a little stand up, a little crowd work. <laughs> so I'm trying. I've never done crowd work before. Like
1: yeah. Exactly. Like
2: I've never done it like stand up style. Like of course I've you know talk to people
1: in the crowd sure. but so I'm I'm pretty <laughs>
2: pretty nervous about it
1: yeah don't be you're so personable. I personally hate crowd work um yeah I find it very nerve-wracking yeah yeah I think the hard thing is like being like uh, and
2: this is like why I've had a hard time with stand-up is like oh I'm supposed to be funny but I'm like oh that's not I'm not a I am not a joke writer yeah. Ah, I am just a very weird person who makes people laugh with it dude but also funny like
1: on your feet like yeah and and have to be able to do that very specific skill where you take a normal relatively normal thing someone says and figure out what's funny about that yeah right yeah. and like re- like play that back to the audience in a way that makes them laugh oh man no, not that that's what you have to. Oh my gosh, I'm nope. like putting so much oh pressure on you, like, Nikki. This is what you have to do. No. No, no. But this is honestly, I'm very
2: excited. Uh, yeah. When they told me that, it gave me like a new thrill about doing the show yeah. where I was like, ooh, I get to do a new thing. It's not just like you know, the script and reacting to what's on mm-hmm, stage. Like mm-hmm. we're also bringing the audience involved and like, like this will be, be a fun, fun little challenge. It's weird to be like, oh, I've been doing this for 11 years in comedy and
1: <laughs> I'm just <laughs> now doing
2: like crowd work. Uh, but it's cool. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of people who I don't think ever do
2: crowd work in their comedy. It's very, very true. stand-ups. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. very true. Yeah. Um, true. I also have some other cool, exciting news mm-hmm. that I'm not gonna get too into, but I am on a veil for a for a sketch show.
1: Oh, for that show you auditioned for with the that's yep, that's all we
2: can say. Oh yes, I'm on a yeah, and it is very <laughs> it is very cool to be like, Oh my god, like this is the thing that I love the most and I'm really excited about the concept of it. Yeah. Like um, like all of these little things about it really align with uh with what I'm interested in doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's very cool to be on a veil for, which uh if you're listening and you don't know what that means, on a veil means they really like you and they wanna cast you, but like there's every there's like a group of people they're like well you're on a veil uh you're not booked because we are still deciding on who we really really want for it and we just want to make sure you hold those days yeah um yeah well congratulations that's so exciting i feel like that's uh but okay so bear in mind we could be talking about this and but I want to be real about like oh sometimes you can ha- be on a veil and then yeah. you don't you don't book it and so I just want to make sure that's very clear that there is a it's still a very good chance that I won't actually book it or something will happen we've got the uh, the IATC uh, oh, you yeah. know that's the strike, the strike is yeah. you know probably going to happen yeah um, so like there's a billion reasons why this might not happen but it's
1: really cool to even just be like hey this Person liked what I did. Yeah, I think that like well, again, something that comes up a lot on this podcast is just like the definition of what it is to be successful in comedy yeah. in LA. And like, you know, there like, like you like you said, like you're on a veil. There's a number of reasons, like maybe that, like, like even if you like. Like you're on a veil, you get cast. Let's say you get cast. Yeah. There could still be a number of reasons that that show then doesn't get made yeah. or doesn't get past the pilot episode or whatever it is, right? I think that something that you don't realize until you move here is that the number of projects that just sort of fall through the cracks or like disappear or like, you know, like the, num- the amount of like, of people who have like kind of booked something really cool or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you, de- you don't really know until you're here, and then you're like, oh, there, are th- this city is full of people like booking and making things all the time, and yeah. then for whatever reason, like for reasons totally beyond their control, nothing ever happens with yes. it. And like,
2: you know, thousands of pilots get made every year. Yeah. And how many pilots actually get, like,
1: put on a network? Right. So if your definition of success is making Seinfeld, it's going to be really hard for you here. But if your definition of success allows for some flexibility, like, I made something somebody really liked or, like, somebody really liked me in this casting room and wanted to put me on this show, like... You'll just have more wins. Yeah. 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 You'll just have a lot more wins if you, like, allow yourself to see success in a number of different ways. Yes.
2: And I'm celebrating this It's a huge win. Yeah. That's a win to me is being like, this is the thing that I love doing the most um, about a subject that I freaking love. Yeah. uh, And cool somebody liked me for it like how cool is that and I had so much fun like doing the audition
1: you mentioned that yeah Yeah, like making
2: your tape for it
1: right yeah Yeah. where it was
2: like they were like oh pick two out of these characters and I was like cool cool but I'm gonna do all of this characters in the scene too like and I'm gonna like edit this together and like you know put effort into this and like do costumes for everything
1: but also you saying that like i think that there is something to going above and beyond you know when you do get these opportunities like go above and beyond like yeah fucking work in it
2: if it's something that you really like oh you're like okay if it's just like generic like you can't go above and beyond for every project that you're yes. put up for yeah but if it's something you're really into like put in the effort and you want yeah and you want yeah put in. i've made that mistake before where i've like you know out of anxiety i've put things off and like yeah just like let you know like let opportunities slip through my hand you know through my hands because i'm you know anxious or maybe or maybe even have too much confidence in myself yeah like too much confidence of like oh okay yeah i'm really good at this and then you like you don't hear anything back and you're like oh wow i like really didn't put a lot of effort into that yeah yeah <laughs> it reminds me of a carol burnett story from her like one of her autobiographies i like listened to it on my journey moving from florida to los angeles where she talks about like how she had done this how she had done this like Character in this show before, you know, before she was a star, uh, how she had done this show and she killed it one night. Like the audience was like rolling on the floor laughing, and then the next day, like she went into it and was like like cocky shit. You know, she Mm -hmm. just like went into it with this attitude of like, I am the shit, I am gonna kill this, and like fucking crickets. Yeah. And it was her big lesson of go into it with the mindset of like putting the work in yeah and like finding what you actually love about it not about the like applause
1: yeah yeah and then i think that if you are constantly connecting with what you're putting out there whether or not you get applause becomes more or less meaningless yeah
2: you know very true
1: like if you actually like what you're doing whether or not other people like it starts to mean less to you oh my gosh it's (laughs) which is great um I feel like this
2: is very in line with uh, the episode that's coming up today with with Eve. But before we talk about that hey hello oh what's uh, up with you
1: you know what i actually do have a thing i totally forgot i am doing this i just recently signed up to volunteer at 826 la and that, <gasps> that's, that's something i'm gonna be doing yeah that's super cool i like went full circle la when i moved to la i was a creative writing major in college i talk about this all the time just shut up katie no um, but, never shut up <laughs> but i um through being in that program, I knew some other writers and uh, 826 at the time had been in uh, San Francisco and they were opening up their very first volunteer center in Venice and UCLA is not that far from Venice. So I volunteered there first and I actually got to help build that space, like paint it, buy furniture for it. I was like one of the first volunteers in that space and it was really cool. And I got to meet Dave Eggers there and he looks a lot different than his picture on his book jacket. So like (laughs) when I met him, I didn't know it was him. And we just like were like doing work in a room, like painting and taking tape off walls and stuff like that. Like, and I was just having the most regular conversation with this guy, and then somebody walked in and they were like, "Hey, Dave, we need you over here in the other room." And I realized who it was, and I couldn't talk to him again. The whole rest of the time I was there, I couldn't talk to him again because I was like, "Oh, that's fucking Dave Eggers." I was like, I just like, you know, when you have that moment, you're like, I just shot my shot with day beggars talking about paint and the satisfaction of manual labor. You know? What I mean? Yes. Like, oh, man. But that's the best. And it's kind of nice because, you know, his perception of me now is that I'm a very normal person who didn't fangirl over him. <laughs> which, <laughs> Until you did. If I had known, I would not have been able to talk to him. Um, but so I'm going to be doing, like, after-school tutoring with them. And then they do this really cool thing where they do field trips and they go into other schools. And they, like, will do a whole day with an English class where they write a book. Oh, Um, wow! Yeah. And it, like, you know, that was why I wanted to volunteer for them in the first place. Like, writing is really important to me. It was a huge part of my growing up was having teachers who wanted us to, like, write our own stories as homework assignments. And, like, those were always my favorite assignments. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this. Like, I uh i quit nannying but i really miss working with kids but nannying is just like a different animal yeah it's like they're basically you know what i mean like it's like you become so part of a family and it's just like you become so attached to this these people and you're like wow i'm like you know, I was just yeah. like, I'd I have to start preparing my own life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like so invested in your lives. It's really time for me to start like focusing on my life a little bit. Yeah. And so leaving nannying, I like, you know, I feel like I, I feel great. I have so much time for myself and like putting like my comedy first and my projects first. But... I really miss working with kids. So I'm really excited for this. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm so excited. That's so cool. And I did not know this, but Marco Beltran, also a PAC person, works for 826. He is an employee of the organization. Oh, I love. I know. I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to volunteer there. Uh, He's another delightful person. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, Marco is like, there are some people at that theater. I mean, a lot of people at that theater. But there are some people at that theater where I'm just like, you are like such a good person yeah yeah like deeply to your core like a good person yeah and Fernando you mentioned Fernando Fernando Fenas, yeah, yeah is one of those people for me too. oh my gosh yeah
2: like 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 what an angel yeah like his poetry is so good. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Well,
2: that's so cool. I'm glad. I'm really glad for you like oh, yeah. that you're getting to
1: volunteer with them cuz that's such a cool organization. Yeah, and I'm excited cuz you get to like use your improv skills when you work with kids. Yeah. Like you really does like draw on your your performance abilities, you yeah. know, like can you keep these little monsters engaged while they are fighting you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like cuz with kids, you are constantly fighting for their attention. Yeah. And yes. children are the future. You know
2: uh, they are. <laughs> you know who's my hope for the future?
1: Who's that? Eva Esquire. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Nikki, that is one of my favorite transitions to <laughs> date.
2: <laughs> Y'all, we got Eva Esquire on the show. She's an actor, writer, producer, director show creator. She's created the show Eight Inches High, as well as Dorkid, and she is a member of Night Church. Hello, Eve. Hello, Nikki. Hello. We just
0: realized we're decade friends.
2: Yes. We're decade friends. Oh, yeah. I love decade friends. So yeah, you're a
0: friend for almost or
2: at a decade. Yeah. 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 We uh we figured out where we met, <laughs> which which I I thought was uh I thought it was because she was in a sketch that I had written called uh, Christina Walken, which was exactly what you. Oh think yes, it is. yes, yes, yes. Uh, but she remem- uh, she reminded me that uh, he reminded me that it was um, actually when I teched a sketch show that
0: she was in. the first Dumbshit Mountain show. Yes.
1: Ooh, I don't. I wasn't a as Dumbship Mountain a pack. Was that a pack show? It was uh,
0: yeah. Like they had the early sketch teams. They had um, Boot Squad and then we came up after. I know there's another one, but nobody remembers who they are. <sighs> but uh, Dumb Shit was great, because we had Nick Ligger, we had Joey Clift. Oh, hell so. yeah. And me. Yeah. I'm and gonna then, see. and what? other people, too. Other people that, you know... I mean, oh, 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 Javier is a sweetheart.
2: Javier. We love Javier. And then other, <laughs> other people yeah. who uh, we don't need to talk about, because yeah. this show is not about them. No, it's not. Uh, and even, uh, as I recall, you were the... Only only woman on that team. Well, that's because you're forgetting the other woman. Oh, wait. Was there another woman? Uh, yeah. Who? Oh, yikes. Okay. Can we cut that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Edit, edit I was like, out? no,
0: let's not talk about this, Nikki. Oh, no. This is also off the record. Yeah. Unless <laughs> you guys want to, like, great city gossipy pod. Uh, on Dumption Mountain, we were the only woman. And she had the audacity to say that the team was sexist. And, like, you know, in a typical, like, half-hour sketch team show, you have, like, what, maybe nine sketches if you're really pushing the limit? Yeah. Yeah. I had three of those sketches Uh, on a team of seven mm. people who are all submitting sketches. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, I don't agree.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. Right. It wasn't that it was sexist. It was just she wasn't writing viable sketches yeah, it's
1: yeah. The, maybe the team didn't like your sketches which happens and it is i do empathize with people who are on sketch teams with a group of people that don't vibe with their comedy don't like the kind of stuff that they write don't want to put it up it's a really hard position to find yourself in and it is really easy to like look for reasons that are you know like beyond your control why that might be true right um it's a lot harder to be like i need to change what i'm writing Mm. to Mm -hmm. accommodate these people's tastes a little bit more you know what i mean so i empathize with that but at the same time i was on a team where a similar thing happened and it was always so frustrating to be like it's not it's not it's It's literally just that sketch (laughs) we just made that fucking sketch (laughs) Having,
2: (laughs) having been on a team with her i can confirm it is not sexism. Hers- Wait,
0: what? it wasn't sexism on Just Mimsy. <laughs> <laughs> on the team of all women, it was not
1: sexism. Uh, maybe it's well, just maybe you. we'll keep mm. some of this gossipy goodness, but we'll like cut the names. Okay, names yeah. have been changed to protect the innocent. <gasps> Dunk, dun, dun.
0: Okay, because that is good pod. Yeah, Ooh, that, that is, is pretty, pretty good pod. It's good pod. It's a little. It's kind of good okay, pod. Man, anyway, good po-
2: we're here to talk to Eve about Eve and your background and like what made you get into comedy and what your experience has been like so thank you so much
0: for coming on oh my pleasure and so glad to be following ck who did not mention me once on her pod. uh
2: i was surprised honestly when we had the like oh who do you like hype up a friend i was certain ck was going to say you and i think it was just genuinely i think it was like a like in one of those like ADHD
1: moments, because oh, I know she course. has ADHD. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, do you think we should start like giving people the five questions in advance so that they have time to like think about it? No. Okay.
0: No. All absolutely right. not. So we've spent <laughs> thousands of dollars on improv training. Yes. We, we should be able to use it. We should be able to answer five questions. Yeah, that's fair. I just want to give people
1: like, you know, an opportunity to really think about it so that they don't miss someone that they otherwise like you know, would have, like, mentioned.
0: But, hey, it got corrected in the end. Yes. Because, uh, well, recently, C.K. and I took a trip back to Idaho together, which is where I'm from. I'm from a small rural town about 30 miles south of Boise called Mountain Home. And my grandmother died and C.K. volunteered to go with me for adventures. That is...
2: So sweet. and right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was wearing this little horse necklace she gave me when she asked me. So I'm like, this pony is magic. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so we went, uh, I had a great time. And like, if you ever listened to that podcast with CK, even though if you're listening to this, why wouldn't you have listened to that podcast with CK? But <laughs> her mind is so magical, wonderful and loving and direct that I got to experience that on a plane and at home and Aww. like nonstop. Uh, I do want to
2: say, for the record, once we finished the podcast, we were talking about you. Aww. and
0: yeah.
1: With, with much love and appreciation. Yeah. I, I accept that. Um, I also uh, would like to, I, I did this before, but offer my condolences
0: for your loss, uh, for your grandmother. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was not COVID, just to establish that it was dementia, which, oh. again, if you really want to invest in your future dementia relatives... Uh, take improv it's like being with the worst improv partner ever but (laughs) you know how to do it because it's always new choice it's always yes and (laughs) because the thing you don't want to tell them is like no it's not 1954 it is this year come on remember because like that just agitates them it makes them feel like they're doing something wrong yeah Mm. and they have no control over that yeah i went back in may to visit my grandmother because we knew it was beginning of the end so Mm, that's how i had that experience and uh i i made it through but oh god it's so difficult mm, like yeah. i just left and i was like and i'm crushed and i cannot do this every day yeah and so unfortunately i only got to see her one more time during that visit i was there for five days but it still it was just like it, there's only so much you can take yeah. yeah so yeah yeah
2: but you got to go back you i get, got to see her at least, and interact with her. And that's.
0: I'm glad for that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm sorry. No, she was an incredible woman. Uh, when I spoke at the funeral, I said, I didn't just lose a grandmother, I lost a stylist. Oh. Which, for me, I, I, I did some, st- I've done some styling work that, of course, thanks to COVID, has been put on pause for a while. Mm-hmm. But she's the one who shown me, like, Like, a really beautiful, glamorous jewelry collection. Like, I have a beautiful leopard cape that she gave me. And she's like, whenever Mm -hmm. I went out in that, I was just a big do. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) She was from Texas. Never lost that accent after, Uh, like, living outside of Texas for over 60 years. Wow. So. She sounds really amazing. She was.
1: (laughs) And you have an incredible sense of style. I was commenting on that when you walked in. You, uh, I love the way you dress. I love the way you, like, I love your aesthetic I love your whole feel. I feel like I was talking to Nikki about this like last week or the week before. Todd Salons is like one of my
0: favorite film directors. Oh my you God. feel like oh my a Todd God. Salons movie to I've me. i met Todd and, like, the best. No way. Yes. yes. It's my favorite celebrity picture I have. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Dark Horse uh, did a premiere over at the New Art. Uh-huh. And he was there. Uh, Some of Blair wasn't there, but, you know, he was there. And I took a picture with him and it was very awkward, very... Everything, but you look that picture. He's looking at me with love, yeah, Aww. and I'm looking at him with love. Even though I have awkward bang moment, yeah, but like it, to me, it's my favorite. Like I, I believe my two favorite directors are the Todd's salons and hey Todd Haynes, right? God, what if I mispronounce the last name of my favorite director? I say Hayes or Haynes. I think it's Haynes.
1: What's uh, what's I don't know Todd. Well, Haynes. for me, um.
0: Uh, He did Carol, uh, All That Heaven Will Allow, and My Favorite Superstar, which was... This This is on brand for me. Uh, He did the Karen Carpenter story, but with Barbie dolls. Like, there was a... dolls, Yeah. That is so on brand for you. I know, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, in Dorkid, which I wrote, directed, produced. uh, There's a scene in there that uses all dolls, and I... Wanted that scene, but I didn't know how to do it. And then I sat down and watched Superstar with Liz, um, with Beth Stockton, who is the producer of What the Fuck Desk, because she has it on desk. Of course she does. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're we're gonna make them fuck on a motorcycle using dolls.
2: And it was beautiful. It was yeah, uh, yeah.
0: That scene always gets a great reaction. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> you, uh, so last year you gave out, um. You sent out Christmas cards. That was uh, just your face with "believe," which is your like catchphrase. Believe Believe. with an Eve at the the Eve is well. You
0: you you're the one who effectively made me punctuate that. You (laughs) responded with that. Yeah. Oh, all caps Eve. That was you. Oh shit! Uh You steal that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm
2: glad Uh, I forgot that I said that. I just assumed it came from your brilliant brain, and I love it. It's actually. In my, like, workspace at home, I have it framed, like, so it's literally, like, right in front of me, and, like, right next to it is where I have my, like, projects, like, on, like, post-it notes, so it's, like... This framed like your face framed with believe and then my projects next to it. And it really genuinely like gives me so much motivation and belief.
0: Maybe I need <laughs> to hang that at my workstation. Yeah. I need some inspiration. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Like I figured like during COVID's, like we're all not really seeing each other. I'm like, I guess we could do Christmas cards now that I'm not doing 5,000 things all at once.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, yeah.
0: But, yeah that's yeah. super cute. I love it. Yeah. I also Ah. uh, did one for my family because I'm in a polyamorous relationship. Uh, And so and what the movie we love and we think feels says the most about us as a trio is Annie. Annie, the musical. Okay, Yeah. I'm Annie. Okay, And then uh, my boyfriend, my partner. I hate the word boyfriend. My partner, (laughs) Donovan, because I was like. Boyfriend, I have to shrug your shoulders. Boyfriend, girlfriend, shruggy shoulders. It's,
1: it feels too cute <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to you gotta kick your feet up in the air and yes. get on your little,
0: like, clear phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel that. Um, but, you know, my partner Donovan is Daddy Warbucks. This is very clear. We've <laughs> had this in the beginning. And our other partner, Miranda, <clears throat> sorry, our other partner, Miranda, is the Anne Ryan King role of Grace Farrell. So the secretary. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all yeah. we need, all we need is the dog. But it's us, and the fireworks are going on in the background, and we're like, yeah, that's us, that's uh-huh. us. That is
2: adorable. Now I'm like, I'll be your dog. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also, in case people think this is weird that the polyamorous relationship is centered around a trio and one of them is a child, I'm the ace. I'm an asexual. So there's no shenanigans. You don't have to worry about Daddy Warbucks infringing on Annie. uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're good. So you were just back
1: home. uh, Mountain Home, Idaho. Which is such an adorable name for a town. Oh,
0: you know why we're named Mountain Home? Why? Because you could see mountains from your home. Oh, ha- we're not in the mountains, but you can see them. Oh my god! Oh. From wow. So, what was growing up there like for you? Uh, it was really isolating. Like, even though we're adjacent to an air force base, uh, it, it's it's it was less than nine thousand people growing up. Okay. Uh, we had the big diner in town, the Desert Inn, and you saw Dorken. So that diner was everything.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I had my I had my uh, baby shower there. Not my baby shower, but the baby shower for me oh. as I was being born. I, I have never had children. I don't know how that rumor got out. I just started that rumor. <laughs> 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 a very small town, uh, like nine stoplights. But you know, I was an only child. I grew up in a trailer court, um, not a lot of kids around. So mostly it was really isolating and weird, I would say. And there's no other kids in my family. I'm the only, 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 only grandchild. Only niece and nephew, only child. So, not a lot of kids for
1: me. Was that, um, so did you spend a lot of time around adults then? Yes. What, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what, how did that,
0: I feel like, what, how did you cope with that? How do you think that impacted you? Well, I, I was also, um, my grandparents were really involved in the American Legion and I got to be the poppy princess. Oh, cute. Aww. I got to dress up like a big giant poppy every year.
2: Oh my! Oh my gosh. And uh, I
0: would go to veterans homes and interact with them, which that, I think I blocked a lot of that out because some veterans are very nice and some, and there was always veterans are like, don't go over there. Mm. Don't go over there, don't disturb them. Oh, <laughs> So I have a lot of respect for the elders and a lot yeah. of understanding. and. I remember Fourth of July picnics at the American Legion where, like, it was just a big outdoor grill where drunk men would make your hamburgers and hot dogs. Also, nobody makes a hamburger and hot dog like a drunk man. <laughs> I, they burn it in a way that's exceptional. <laughs> but, like There's, like, two garbage cans filled with ice, one with soda pop. And I've yes. never said soda pop before in my life. And you just said it now. I did. It's ah. like, a thing full of soda and a thing filled with, like, beer. Did I, they say pop in Idaho? I have no idea because my family's Southern. So like I I, it's like everything. I couldn't give you a distinct line, but we say pop. Okay, I say pop. You say pop. Yeah. Yeah. And I say soda. And I sometimes I say soda pop. Soda pop. Yeah. Apparently. It's a very confusing. It's all very old people. Not a lot of young people there because it's also a retirement area because it's like my biggest hope if I was to stay was to be a gas station clerk.
1: Oh, so it's like that kind of small town. Yeah, It's like um, uh, Parker Posey in Waiting for Guffman, which works at the DQ.
0: But there was like no arts program in Mountain Home. I want to be clear about this. We have Mountain Home Council for the Arts, but it wasn't like, oh, let's do a play every year in the town. None of that. So um, I was always interested in arts, always wanted to act. But it was through fanfic. I wrote X-Men fanfic starting in 1996. I made a lot of friends in that fanfic community and I wrote weird stuff. That was my niche. Like I wrote Age of the Annie Age of the Animaniacs, which okay. was like instead of Age of Apocalypse, so like, you know, oh my gosh. Like, Generation Slappy and like, little bits like that. Um uh, my best known comic work is Generation X versus the Girl Scouts because I had a stupid <laughs> question, which anytime you think, Oh god, this is stupid, you know you're on the verge of greatness. Uh, <laughs> if a Girl Scout dies on your property, do you get to keep the cookie she brings with her? <laughs> so that that's how those shenanigans began and there was these because there were girl scout zombies of course
2: of course yes where was this like online like online communities you know you just
0: publish it to the internet and people would find you
2: oh my gosh so you were like at the beginning of the internet really like like... i
0: knew social media before there was social media i was like (laughs) i need to get my name out there i need to make myself known i'm 16 i'm in idaho and i need to get out
2: Oh wow. Okay. So did you um did you go to like high school? Was there anything like performance related there or was this your primary like way yeah. of getting out your like creativity?
0: We had we had drama in uh-huh. high school, but it wasn't great drama okay. and anybody who took those classes will confirm with me on that. But I was pretty well known there. I think that's how I actually got my name out in that high school because I was, you know, me. I I just kind of tend to stand out. Yeah. yeah. If, if you are who you are, you, you, you that's just what happens people are like oh you're you and you're not trying to cover and pretend to be something you're not yeah yeah people sense that right away it's like okay some weird's going on here and not weird in a good way
2: yeah mm. okay yeah that makes total sense so you've pretty much like always been exactly
0: you <laughs> no oh. uh, i mean i mean we all i think we all tend to go through things like you know i yeah. survived high school i made it through there and then you know i come out here and it's like having to do that all over again okay yeah
2: did you come out here right after yeah.
0: high school okay yeah i came out here in 99 i was still 18 i went to the american academy of dramatic arts i did not get asked back for a second year because they're like you need more life experience Aww.
1: oh so they you have to like basically get reaccepted yes. every
0: year wow that is you brutal. have to qualify to pay a shit ton amount of money to be there
1: yo if i had had to do that in college i would not have qualified for my second year right. they'd have been like no you no, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're, you're barely hanging on get out of here to be fair they're pretty lenient because a lot of people are like please and they're like okay if you want to give us money, we'll take it.
2: I, uh, didn't, I didn't do
0: that because I'm like, you know what? You're right. I, I don't think I do at 18 because like this is the first time I lived out of state, out, yeah. of, any, out of town.
2: Yeah. And yeah. you grew up in a small town. Very so. small
0: town. And I, this time it was at Pasadena, which is not like the biggest city in the world, but it's it's not Idaho. Right. Right. There's I live right next to an In-N-Out. That's how exciting that was. Oh. <laughs> nice. But um, I went home for a year after that just to kind of think. I wrote a screenplay and I'm like, I got to get back. The future is not bright if I stay here. Um, so I was a waitress at the Desert Inn for two months. Did not make a lot of money, but I did a lot of side work and I sold off my toy collection to oh. help give me back.
1: Oh. Like I
0: had all the Care Bears, sold those. I had various Care Bears, sold a lot of those, sold a lot of my little ponies. And just anything I could find that I knew could be worth value. And this is back in the day of eBay where you yeah. could sell stuff for value. Yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs>
1: But there was a time, yeah, where people were like, oh, I want I want these vintage toys like yeah. in good condition. Right. So you do you incorporate a lot of like um toys in your comedy. Yes. So that's something that like comes from your childhood.
0: Well, because I'm alone. I mean, who am I going to play with? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that my makes sense. My Barbies yeah. are my actors. Everything is an actor. Also, in high school, we were doing our like uh, we would do like a one act play final where we do two scenes from a play and present that saying like, look, we did it. Uh, we fucked around all semester or all quarter, didn't really pay attention. And then the night of the play, two people fucked out. They're like, we're not gonna be here. And one was a major player and the other one had a minor role. I'm like, oh fuck, what are we gonna do? We're gonna fail. So I'm like, I got it. I have a puppet, I have a Kermit puppet. He can be the guy, which is the lines. I have a bear, I'll make a kimono. It was Tea House of the August Moon. So luckily, <laughs> Because uh, all the lines were in Japanese for the other person. So we had a bear in a kimono, and then we had somebody offstage read the lines. Oh, oh my God. God. So it changed everything dramatically, and I think the best possible way. And uh, <laughs> it went over really well. It was way funnier because, like, there's one point where this guy's like, You don't understand, we're from different worlds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it worked out. Much better than we could have ever hoped. And we were praying on our knees for a D in the back. Yeah. It's like, we're about to do something really stupid. Again, really stupid. Probably the best idea you'll ever have in your life. Did
1: it pay off? Did you get a decent grade? Oh, we got an A+. Oh, oh, yeah!
0: Because most of drama is like, most of, you know, theater is like, problem solving. Yeah. yeah. Solve the problem. Don't go out there with nothing. Just do your best. And yeah. And believe. oh yeah. I mean, I think the way most people, like... I don't know I have no connection to entertainment i I have no i don't come from money I don't come from anything I just know I'm talented and like what what's the only thing in your arsenal It's believe do you feel like uh that performance kind of opened up this
1: other potential world to like use toys more as a performance device.
0: I kind of feel that was the start. I also did a presentation on Midsummer Night's Dream where I used my very impressive action figure collection to describe the dynamics. Oh my gosh. Oh my that other people then copied, which I'm like, okay, maybe I am onto something. But like yes. always in the back of my mind and also like remember Kaboom I don't know if anybody else remembers Kaboom. Oh, yes. kind of. Yeah. Actually, now. Yeah. Like that sort of thing always made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Just because you're projecting drama on things that have no expression. Totally. Oh yeah, Robot Chicken, one of my yeah. all-time favorites. Yeah. 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 I watched it. I watched Robot Chicken backwards at, when I was separating from my ex. It was really educational just to see like you know how like complex it got and then go back to just how simple it is. Mm-hmm. Ah. It was interesting.
2: Yeah. yeah, South
0: Park has that, too. If you go
1: back to the first yeah. episodes, it's just like, it's literally, you can just see the paper circles, like, moving. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know, was a turning point for you, when was a turning point for you of like, okay, I'm, I'm getting the makes st- I'm doing the thing?
0: I think probably, um, I was at the uh, Mission Improvables West Side Comedy Theater. We own comedy, this side of the 405. That's their thing. But through there, there was a really great uh, Im- improv group there called Great Adventure, which had Jeff Sloniker. And uh, another teacher, Chris Mosher, who was also really incredible and very passionate. And they're always like, and I was asking, like, who do I go to learn better improv from? No offense mm-hmm. to this place. And like, oh, Miles, Miles Strath. You got to go to Miles Strath. And so Chris Mosher wrote on my behalf, seeing if he was doing workshops. Like, no, you know, he's Miles. Yeah. Yeah. And then later on, I heard he was doing the workshop again. So I signed up and that's where I got to see Heather and Miles. Mm. And that was intense. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing for them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. following the ship. And then when Heather was teaching, she wasn't teaching improv, but she was teaching sketch. I'm like, yeah, I need to get there. That's what I want. And that's when I signed up for Monty Penny's class. Then I went to Heather's class and I'm like, I'm really good at this. Yeah. And everybody in that class thought I was weird. Oh, well, you are, but. I am. But like, it was weird. Like, Leanne was in that class. She was very nice. She was great. But it was like, everyone was like, there's two really weird people in this class and we're going to subtly hate them. Oh, oh, interesting. Cool. I was one of those people. The other was Joey Clift. Oh, not cool. But it was cool because Joey and I were like, you know, oh, would you read my mom? Yeah, I wanted to read your mom. Like and this is great. So,
2: Oh, that's so fun. That is so funny to me that like cuz there it is it is very interesting to me how there really are some people who go like ah there's something different about you and i'm just gonna decide that i don't like you because like yeah and like i don't know for me i'm like there's something different about you and i decided i love you forever (laughs) like like joey was another one of those people that i like put in the same like category of you of like you are have a very specific and unique beautiful incredible mind that i will follow and love forever like yeah. Yeah. and it just blows my mind that there are people who like go oh you're you're uh, avoid you avoid how does that Clearly so happen
0: but i also was like wait a minute so the other person who i really like in this class is getting the same oh my god am i great <laughs> Yeah, am i am i secretly great like that's when i began really believing in myself like i was you new. Know, i know i have talent and even like I had a very abusive marriage, so sometimes it's hard for me to talk about. But I remember one time like he cornered me in the middle of the night, like he'd been drinking naturally, uh and he was like, "Just admit it, just admit it. You know, we're never gonna be anyone. We're never gonna do anything. We're not talented." And like in the back of my mind, the littlest tiniest voice came back and was like, "No, that's not true. I'm very talented." Yes, <laughs> like deep down, I mean that's the only thing I. I think throughout anything, the thing I believe in is, so I have a very unique voice. I ha- I am very talented. Will I make it? I don't know. But will I do anything I can to just you know, make it on my terms? Yes. Yeah. And you're not yeah. going to tell me a lie. I'm not going to believe a lie. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I that's I feel like that person was probably projecting their fears about their own oh, so inabilities. Much so And
0: just wanted to take you down with them yeah well we've all had that partner probably where they're like they're counting the laughs of something yes. that you collaborate on it's like well they laughed they more of your stuff than my stuff i'm like i'm just happy they laughed yeah i'm like that was a joy yeah and like i i don't have that jealous gene i you know that jealous gene was like well oh someone's getting more attention than i am or like someone's doing this i just really like how can i do better how can i yeah i want that how did they do that how can I make that true for me yeah but I don't like I'm gonna tear you down right I'm like that does nothing that that doesn't prove you're talented that proves you're manipulative yeah
1: Yeah. oh man and you are incredibly talented oh bless and you are very special I um I think we talked about this I think it came up with CK just like that feeling you have when you encounter someone and you feel like They are so familiar to you, yes, yeah. And I have that with your comedy. It feels very like there's. It's like I feel at home in this. Like very, yeah, right. You know what I'm talking. Does that? Yeah, I feel like I. I can't quite articulate it, but like, it feels like very comfortable. Like I feel comfortable and at home in when I'm watching something you've made or like participating in something that you have made
2: it feels like child like a lot of it feels like childhood it like harkens back to like Mm. the play that you did as a kid and that like that sort of weirdness even though i grew up with a big family full of like i still felt very alone in my family because I was the youngest and sort of like, you know, pushed aside and, and you know, I was yeah. annoying to them. So, you know, I was like the annoying littlest one. So like, it was a lot of like playing on my own and having imaginary friends and creating these worlds around me. And so getting to play you was so so wonderful because it was like hearkening back to that and that that feeling of being lonely and making the most of it oh. and
0: yeah. That's a fantastic connection. Um, One of the aims I do with my sketch is like when I write, I have my rule, I I write my greatest hopes and dreams and my greatest nightmares because I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. And the other thing is I I don't, I want people to feel like they're not alone in that moment because I my one of my and I know this is coming up, but like one of my greatest influences was like SCTV, yeah, growing up because like that was like a, a, a neglected only television station with this programming where people are just trying their hearts out, hoping people will watch. And like that made me feel less alone because I also feel like I was trying my best to be seen all the time and yeah. no one wanted to look, yeah. yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever had that feeling, <laughs> but
2: um, so okay, so because you have sort of a different trajectory and a different sort of point of view from like kind of mainstream. How how do you translate that into like what does then success like look like for you? Like what to you would be like, hey, this is this is what I consider success? I think for me it's about
0: connection. Okay. And again, it's making people feel less lonely. Okay. Like you know, I'm on TikTok and I recently did a post uh about the autistic blue pumpkins. Okay. And- I am autistic and god knows growing up if i would have been given a blue pumpkin just how much i would have like just evacuated my pants and been like ah please don't let more people know how much more of a freak than i already feel every <laughs> moment of my life and i talked about that and it got a really good response and i was like oh you can connect to people on this damn platform i don't even have to write a sketch for that but like there's other sketches i ran. Like, there's one that you and I did in a brief one-up sketch thing. Uh, Wunderbar. Uh, yes. Uh, I have a sketch. Derek and Donald's first dance. It's about mm-hmm. two, like, 12-year-old boys, their first, like, you know, middle school dance. And it just begins, say like, how, how do I – I just know I'm going to dance with the girl tonight, right? Yeah, we're going to totally dance with girls. How do I look? Gorgeous. How do I smell? Delicious. <laughs> and it, it's all kind of, like, we know. We know what's going on, and then like there's a, a girl who's who's actually a man, comes in the schedule. I don't want to dance with you, and you just see their love, but they're not quite ready to admit it on their terms yet. It's just you know that awkwardness of junior high, and stuff like that. And I remember when I did that sketch later with Dandy, uh, with Lillian Penny Peckery as my partner. Like Reed Rice came up crying. It's so beautiful. I'm like. Aww. That means everything to me. One, that sketch did not get a lot of laughs when it was performed that night. Also, I had to fight six months to get that sketch in because mm-hmm. the guys didn't get it.
2: Right. Yeah. Like, what's, what's, how's it funny? It's like, yeah, maybe some things don't have, I know it's a comedy show, but maybe sometimes things can be a little more heartfelt. Yeah. yeah. It, it's
0: not about always being clever and saying it out loud for Cassidy or making a huge mess on stage. Right. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, Reed coming up to me crying. I was like, oh, shit, I did it. This is all I wanted to do. <laughs> and I, I think people want to see themselves and they want to see that they're not alone. So, your version of
1: success is uh, just connecting with people.
0: Yes. So,
2: we're going to ask you five questions in a segment we call These Are Five Things. Okay, first question. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> First question is uh well, I know we've we've sort of covered some of these questions already uh but we're going to ask them anyways uh your biggest influence
0: um i think my biggest influences are those that are not spoken like when i was 12 i had my room plastered with charlie chaplin the way some people would with like one direction okay it was oh. a thing and like cuz like city lights the whole like how do we show that she can't see without Doing the thing, like he problem solved the fuck out of that in such a beautiful way. Like he's a self taught man. Like he did the music for Limelight, which is so elegant. And the other uh, is Mel Brooks. I got to see Spaceballs in the Theater when he came out when I was like, I was like seven, I think. Oh, wow. And like you see it, and it's like starring Mel Brooks, written by Mel Brooks, produced by Mel Brooks, written by Mel Brooks, directed by Mel Brooks. And that's when I knew what I wanted to be and workaholic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> worst experience working in comedy best experience working in comedy
0: all right uh
1: god there's a lot of worst
0: um, <laughs> everyone says that well it just because it is like is it your biggest failure on stage or off stage
2: yeah, yeah i mean whatever you think is like this is this was
0: the worst okay easy then um I was actually the first person in the pack program to get on crack.com back when crack.com was a thing and really a big deal. It yes. is. Mean, it was, it was, it was, um, I did skull it, which was like Skeletor selling, uh, bone crafting glue because yes. you use wood glue when using woodcraft. Why wouldn't you use skull while using skull craft? It was great. It was animated. Nick Glicker did a great job and we got on cracked and my ex helped out with a lot of the effects. And then people in the comments, you know, being shitty internet people were saying shitty things here and there because, you know, it's internet. Mm. My ex would not stand for this and went after people. And then like the group's was like, uh, can you get him to stop? It looks really bad. I'm like, yeah, I agree. It looks bad. And at that moment, I was pitted between my then husband and my sketch team. Oh. And I had to choose. And unfortunately, because like, well, I guess this is a good reason for a divorce. Actually, it would have been. <laughs> uh, was, I have to choose my husband and I had to leave that team, oh. which uh, best was definitely Dorkit. I, 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 that first performance of Dorkit, nothing could have gone right. It was like the last performance of two improv teams. The entire theater was packed. I know there was over $100 in that jar, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, like, everything came together beautifully. Like, people clapped. And I'm like, oh, my God, I was hoping for that. Hmm. But just just seeing it all come together and people who, like, I've known for years, like, uh, Beth, who was in there, who was my roommate. I actually saw in Rocky Horror in, like, 2004 for the first time. And I was like, oh, that's the one with the talent in this cast. Yeah. And then to have her in my play years later, I'm like... I got to pinch myself. I'm fucking dreaming right now. Yeah. And just the way everybody came together. And it was my first time actually directing after begging for years. I'm like, I'm just going to do my own. I'm going to be, I'm going to mail Brooks this shit. (laughs) And everybody's like, Oh, the set decoration was perfect. I'm like, yeah. And that felt like a real play. That felt like a real thing that was going to happen. And I, I just, I really can't. I still watch that sometimes. And I cry every time because everybody's so good. Okay.
2: Question three. Can you, Hype up a friend. What? Oh. Maybe somebody that you'd like to see on the podcast. Oh, hell yes.
0: Hell yes. Okay. Um hype hype. Speaking hype. of Dorkid, uh, Nina Minelli. Oh yeah. Nina mm. Nina is a prominent burlesque figure. She's also part of the horror community. She is an amazing actress, a really incredible keen comedian. I I because I was gonna continue on, hopefully with Dorkid as a little series at the pack, which did not happen for various reasons. Uh but she was gonna be my Peter Sellers. She was gonna play a new role in every tour kit. Uh, but she's funny and incredible and distantly a Manelli. Uh, really? So it's yes. not no. just a convenient. No. Oh, I mean, we may have to cross some streams and rivers and like make sure. a little like batch of dams. But she's a Manelli. She's a Manelli.
1: Uh-huh. What is something you haven't done yet in your career that you are looking forward to doing?
0: Well, I'm looking forward to actually writing uh, the book. Basically, it's all the Dorkin stories I wanted to tell. It's called Little Pearl on the Prairie. Oh, and it's just because like I really wanted to turn that into like a live theater binging series, but it didn't quite work out. And I'm like, oh, shit, nobody has time right now. This is just not feasible, but I can write a book. Hopefully something will come from that. So that's my goal. Like I didn't do it while COVID was going on because I'm like, oh, fuck COVID. This is a lot. Yeah. Uh, Which is really interesting. Like, I got to really reflect a lot. I'm like, how do I spend my time? How am I spending my time? Am I going to be able to go back to this once we get back? And I'm like, I don't want to.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I actually want to put, I just want to kind of like put my stock in me. And the book is one of them.
2: Cool. Cool. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. Yes. Okay. And final question.
0: What advice do you have to give? Just uh, going back to the character credit, like, Really, if you're going to be in this business, be a good person, be a person that who when you say their name, people light up Okay. or people just like, oh, that's not an asshole. At well, the very least, you, that's where you start. Oh, that person's not an <laughs> asshole. Uh, like there's a person in the, our community that I love and like he annoys me a lot. But you know what? He's not an asshole because <gasps> he's not hiding anything. He's just trying. He's doing what we all should be doing. And that's being yourself at 11. Yeah. yeah, and there's other people who are like being a fake projection of themselves at eleven, and that'll cost you in the end. Mm. And it's like, look, I have autism. I know how to mask, but I don't know how to mask somebody who's perfect. <laughs> uh, and this is like, this is the most imperfect me at eleven, and hopefully, I'm doing a good job. Yeah, and also when you make a mistake, just own up to it, please. Just, just don't try to justify why. It's not you or like why you need another chance. It's like, yeah, I fucked up. Like with my ex, I had to eat shit because I'm like, oh, I'm going to take myself out of the community because this is harmful to other people and I don't want to subject this to other people. And when I came back, I had to ask a lot of favors. And like luckily, because I did have good character credit, like I had really good people helping me back in. Yeah. And I still had to earn my way back into like where I wound up. Yeah. it wasn't like oh hey you just want to here you go or In a band like i first got back on the pack and i was just a writer and then i'm saying yeah you're an actor too i'm like yeah i know i know <laughs> but like if you're a good person with good intentions and don't fuck people over no matter where you wind up no matter if you get money or not you're gonna wind up so much richer than you could ever hope for mm-hmm. because To be able to, like, say, like, I have these friends and I don't have to say, well, I have to fake this or this or this in order to maintain those friendships mean a lot. And, like, when those people are hurt, you're like, fuck. And, like, it's a real connection, which is something that nothing can buy. So don't fuck people over, please.
2: Hell yeah. Great advice. That was really good advice. Don't fuck people over.
0: Also, write your greatest hopes and dreams. And also, um, don't write to other people's point of view. Yes. Uh, As someone who's read a lot of sketch packets... To be on sketch teams, don't write to what you think your teachers will think is funny. Write to what you think is funny. Yes. That's your voice. Yes. Yeah. Again, it goes back to being of good character and saying, my character is good enough to put out there.
2: Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much, Eve. This has been just a
1: delight to have you on and talk oh, to you. And, thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're just, I mean, so, like, I feel like there are so many little sprinkles of wisdom throughout this whole interview. Oh. This is just such a delightful conversation. So mm-hmm. uh, can
0: I uh, pump up a future project I'm coming out with? Yes, please. Yes. I don't know when I'm going to be back doing anything. Um, I'm focusing on over a quarantine. Uh, I did a little show called Part of This Complete Breakfast with your host, Satan. Yes. Is a demon.
2: I love it. Out of work,
0: demon. Does the world stop uh which is coming back in a form which addresses toxic positivity oh it's oh. like I, I had like these revelations so it's like oh i should do something with satan for halloween i'm like everybody's doing shit for halloween but what evil demonic stuff is going for christmas and valentine's yeah and i realize there's a lot of toxic positivity hi hallmark channel <laughs> uh, to address because like some of these things are really scary and also do you know what the most demonic music actually is? What's that? What? Adult contemporary. Mm. Uh. think about it. they have you like I know my thing is believe, but like they have you like saying just believe with all your heart and everything will be fine. It's like uh, believe with all your heart and see what you can do. I <laughs> yeah. like you just can't close your eyes and believe. That's how we have debt. Yeah, that's no. how we have uh, people going like, mom, you system's better than Jesus. I or not bad. God, I wish they would say that. <laughs> but, you know, just the people who like shine themselves on to the point where yeah. they're, they're, I don't see facts.
1: Yeah, there was uh, in the early two or, uh, like, I guess, mid 2000s, the indie movie revival uh, era where it was like, Juno and Garden State and Little Miss Sunshine, those movies all felt like toxic positivity to me at the time. Yeah, me too. I was just like, what is this? Like, the whole thing is just like, if you're weird and quirky enough, everything will work out for you in the end. Like, no.
0: (laughs) That's the great thing about, like,
1: Welcome to the Dollhouse,
0: because it doesn't end
1: well. And she, what I love about Dawn Wiener as a character is she's not some, like, perfect nerd who's misunderstood. She's weird and a little freaky. She's not good yeah she's not a good person she's not bad either yeah she's I loved Don Wiener Uh, is a great character one of the best characters ever written (laughs) uh so where will we be able to catch this uh Satan this will
0: be on YouTube if you go to YouTube Eve Esquire because I have my own URL hey hell yeah Mm -hmm. um you'll be able to find that hopefully starting in December that's the uh, projected uh release date so you'll find little bits and pieces of eight inches high uh some doll stuff some some comedy ads that I have written uh, and hopefully, uh, you'll just dig it, and you'll get some joy out of that instead of forced joy.
2: Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! Awesome. Right. Well, thank Merry you very so much. For if that's
1: okay. On. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, this is great. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure.
2: Eva is so self-assured in a way that like is very inspiring to be like yes she absolutely knows herself and is like not afraid to to be it and shout it from the rooftops yeah and so fashionable I feel like we talked about her aesthetic multiple times throughout the episode
1: but it's true oh my gosh and she just like I, I can't quite put my finger on it. I keep bringing up Todd lawns in relationship to Eve's comedy. But like there is something about what she does that is just I I don't know how to describe it. It's like it's like this perfect combination of adult and immature humor. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there's so much ad, like there's so much adult I think there's a lot of adult subject matter behind a lot of things that she treats with a very childlike innocence almost. Yes.
2: Yeah. Like, and I'm sure so much of that harkens because of her background and how she grew up of yeah. being the only child mm-hmm. and amongst adult, like so many adults.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even really think about that. But yeah, that's probably like she's constantly viewing, or like as a kid was viewing an adult's world through a child's eyes yeah. yeah yeah she's so great yeah she really is really like uh
2: sometimes i think it's a shame that like i'll i'll get a little like oh man i i kind of wish that she really wanted to uh to be famous because i think she should be and i want so many people to know her and know who she is because yeah. i i admire her so much and i think she's so brilliant um yeah but i also like I understand the the desire. I understand the desire to want something that is, you know, more more tangible of like her her idea of success is to connect with people and yeah. to like do that in like that it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be like millions of people, that it can be like one person and that's like successful. Right. Um and I understand. So I understand that, but like like I selfishly want the, to share her with the world
1: (laughs) yes yeah yeah and i feel like she's got this very like she almost feels to me like uh, already famous is that a weird thing to say about someone it 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 is not weird it's where you're like you feel to me like you've like already made it somehow and i don't know how that's possible right yeah yeah I don't know. because she, she's I think because her personality or like her her character and the way she dresses and everything is so fully formed, you know, it just feels like yeah, just so complete. Like she finished. I don't know. I'm yeah. like no you yeah. finished, you're done. You like yeah. it all.
2: <laughs> but there is definitely still more so
1: much that
2: that I'm excited to see from from Eve. Yeah. I'm also excited to see what else is coming down the pipeline for the Period Podcast Network.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah.
2: We've got a new season of Lanes coming up very soon. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, man. We love Lanes. We love Rosa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We love Allie. Oh, my gosh. It's such a great podcast. And so all the other podcasts on the network are so great. So great. Great Like Great people. people. Like, every
2: time we have a meeting, I'm just like, man, these people are so cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Also, (laughs) I'm telling you, Follow all of the all of the strippers from Yes a Stripper. Like, <laughs> go listen to that podcast and follow all of those people because you are going to see some of the most incredible dancing that you mm-hmm. will see on Instagram. And it's like they these women are so athletic. Like every time I watch I'm like one of their videos, like Onyx, like, oh my God, yeah. so amazing. Like yeah. what she does is just wow, wow. hmm yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. She and Daisy, like they're all, I mean, GG. They're all so talented. Yes. Yeah, so and of course, yeah. AM, yes. Yes. Yeah. Ugh, so and then, good. Honestly, like I, w- w- what you were saying, like whatever we have our podcast meetings, I'm like, man, everyone at this network is fine as hell. Not that <laughs> that, that matters. <laughs> but <laughs> fine as hell. I can't help but notice.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you want to support fine underrepresented people in podcasting check out our patreon for the period podcast network and we've got a fundraiser coming up soon which we will be promoting more as it gets
1: closer uh and then also uh, congratulations to the winner of our raffle for the Madison Shepherd Goodnight Silver Lake Lounge album, Allie Slice. Yes! Yes. Um, Allie left a review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh it was very, very nice review. Thank you, Allie. Um, you don't have to leave a nice review. You can be honest. We don't care we you're gonna pick a pick a random name from the reviews, and you will be eligible to win.
1: Ah, this month's raffle, or I guess like however long it takes us to get more reviews, is going to be, uh, the prize for this raffle is the Jackie Johnson Ass Oil that she uh, talked about when she was
2: on our podcast. Ass. Oil your ass. Yeah, make it nice, make it smooth,
1: <laughs> make it nice and oily. Make that oily ass. Uh, so you go slap, 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 <laughs> slap, slap, slap. slap. <laughs> so if you want some really nice, luxurious ass oil,
2: yeah, this is this is luxury. Yes, it's yeah. a, it's expensive, y'all.
1: Imagine like you're Marie Antoinette. It's right before the French Revolution, and you're just slathering your ass with oil. It's yes. the hype of luxury. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, will you no longer have a head afterwards?
1: Debatable. You know, but for a moment, for a brief moment, you're going to feel like a queen. <laughs> <laughs> uh so leave Oops. us a review uh and we will uh send you your prize if you win. Yeah.
2: And thank you, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting what we do. Um we we really appreciate you listening and and joining us on our our journey interviewing amazing comedians. Yeah, It's such a delight.
0: Nikki, you're a delight.
2: You're a delight. Oh, oh my gosh.
1: Hey, y'all. Keep crushing it. Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Mackenzie Mizell, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hunter, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter.